the Bible is true. The Bible is true. The, the scriptures that we have are true. But to understand what that means, as far as it's true, that that involves reading the Bible in a responsible way. Mm -hmm. And that means doing our best to understand things like what genre of literature is this? Mm -hmm. Certain genres of literature are meant to be read literally. Certain genres of literature are meant to be written figuratively. Things mm -hmm. like poetry. The Bible has poetry in it. The Bible also has history in it. Mm -hmm. And I think the Bible does a really good job of signaling when it's being literal and when it's being figurative. But I also think we live in a world that because of the distance to when the Bible was written, different culture, different language, all those kinds of things, and a lot of the, the ways that we've been raised to read the Bible, we've lost our ability sometimes to actually go back and and read Capture it in that. the yeah, read it in the way that it was meant to be read originally. Hey everybody, this is what we're gonna call questions from the garden. Uh, it's Madison speaking right now. What's up, I've Madison? Got, yeah, I got Justin here with me. Yeah. Uh, Justin, you started a series called Lessons from the Garden, and that brought up some questions in my mind. Uh, we had a brief phone. Oh, well, I say brief. It was like a long. Brief for us. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes we talk and it's like, I say, hey, man, can I talk to you for a minute in yep. my office? And then like an hour later. Yep. And so we had a semi-brief conversation about this series and about the questions that sort of get brought up as we start to think about the beginnings of the universe, which the, yes. like <laughs> which yeah. scripture so is claiming was... to be, you know, part of. And Yeah. And... Yeah. So I called you and I'm like, hey, I'm going to do this series on the story of the garden and all the takeaways from it. Because they're just, honestly, it's, it's cool that the first story in the bible really mm -hmm. the first several pages to to this day have insanely practical takeaways for yep. all of us in our lives and you brought up the fact that hey when i when i bring the story of the garden up to my students or mm -hmm. in conversation it very often brings up a lot of questions they have that maybe they've even been afraid to ask in a church setting yep and it's things like hey so is, wait can i just ask those questions ask those questions what are okay they? these are the questions you're afraid to ask uh is this is, because you were that person? I think I am a, I'm, I'm a little bit that person, um, and I definitely... Because you were one of my students yeah, back in the day. I wasn't afraid of you to ask them, and that's what I'm saying is his hands has always been a place where you can ask the questions. So I'm just going to ask them. Um, question number one, is the, the, the earth actually 6,000 years old only? Because I grew up... Um, in school, and they teach a version of and millions by, your of school was a, a you went to a Christian school. I went school. to a private school, and that wasn't a Christian school okay. until my later years, where I went to a Christian school. Okay, and so even at my private school, they were they were teaching the billions of years Earth model. Mm -hmm. So, do you want me to list off all the questions, or do you just want well, to start with that question? I would say so. I I think because some people listening to this might be like, I don't even know the six thousand. You're so you're really saying like. Is the is the Bible's telling of of the start of everything? Is it literal? Is it figurative? Are we supposed to read the story of Genesis one, two, three, the kind of right. creation of the earth, Adam and Eve in the garden? Yeah. So a, that's that would lead to the second question: Are Adam and Eve real people? Are they real people? Or are they just sort of like characters in in like a mythology right. that do they represent? Do they represent humanity? Yeah, humanity? Because Adam literally translates. Like to man, man, and then Eve is life. Yeah, so it's like, and so if you're reading a story, hum, human life, yeah. basically. <laughs> if you're Adam reading a story that said, and then man did this, and life responded, and right. life did this, right. and chose this, you'd be like, okay, I, I see where this is. That's going. what those words mean in that in that Hebrew language. So, and so oh. one, I think it's it's um, and the six thousand year thing, not to cut you off, okay, but is that there is a maybe people aren't aware of this. Um, there's a certain brand of of like super conservative biblical christianity mm -hmm. 
that would say that the earth is only 6,000 years old because people have taken... The Bible never says that it's 6,000 years old. Right. The, the Bible never actually definitively says, here's how old the earth is. Um, but what they do is you take the genealogies listed in the Bible, you trace them all the way back to Adam and Eve, you do the math, you know, and, and you and get to around 6,000 yeah. to 10,000 years, I mean, it's in that right. range. And so, therefore, that must be what it is. Yeah. Um, but then that flies in the face of what anyone who's gone to public school, which is like what I grew up in. Right. And every class is like, when the dinosaurs were around, 18 yeah. billion years. It wasn't that long. Yeah. But it was like, I don't remember the numbers. But it's always like, more numbers than make sense to your brain. And then, as a Christian, you just, you feel that tension, and you either uh, bury it, or you come to your own right. conclusions. And so, I guess my Or, my like a lot thing, of Christians, you, you never ask the question. Yeah, is it okay that then I Then you ask? go to college, <laughs> and a professor says something... And you're like, has oh, everything no. I've ever been told a lie? Right. And your entire worldview crumbles. And then so, two years later, you believe nothing. You lead the church. Is it okay <laughs> that I ask that question? Yeah, of course. I think and, it's a really healthy question to ask. And uh, to anybody that has those questions, what are some of the, I guess, guidelines? Cause like filters? We're, yeah, we're not going to walk away with a definitive answer no. because it's not a definitive. It As, as we see it, it's not a right. definitive thing. Um, so what are the filters that even allow you to come to the conclusion that it isn't, you're like, the Bible never says that. It's like, well, can't I do the math? Yeah. And so, so how do you know? Well, you said something a few minutes ago as we were kind of preparing for this mm -hmm. is that, is it literal or is it figurative may not be the best question. The right question might be, is it true? Mm. And it can be true if it's literal. It can also be true if it's figurative. If it's figurative. Now for some people that would be like, what a cop out yeah. non-answer that is like, you know, I think it's true regardless. And right. some people would say, well, I think it's more true if it's, if it's, literal. If it's literal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it actually happened. So a few things I think that are really important and obviously speak to these. Number one, um, let's talk about the idea of, of like understanding the like genres of literature. Mm -hmm. This is a basic thing. Because the, the Bible itself is a, is like an anthology it's that like, includes yeah. a, a, a variety of genres, law, poetry, right. history, a narrative, yes. um, prophecy. Yeah, Things exactly. that we're not used to necessarily picking up off the Target bookshelf right. for our beach read. <laughs> no, but, but a great example, we all get anthologies, right? It, or, or genres because, you know, in our world today, you pull up any streaming service that has, you know, video and you're going to go, hmm, do I want to watch sci-fi action? Right. Documentary? Right. Do I want to romance? Whatever. And or music videos, like you're 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 clarifying what you're right. about to watch as you watch and, it by and clicking know that it, tab. You know when you click that button, what world you're stepping into, mm -hmm. and so you sort of like, like you you take it, you know. For example, I like I like action movies. I like a good movie every once in a while. Where like, it's such an implausible story, right? <laughs> where a, a well trained man whose whose arms might as well be lethal weapons has like left his previous life of violence. Right. He just wants to have a peaceful life. He just owns his, a farm he, now. He just wants to live on his dang farm and raise <laughs> his family who have no idea right. his past. His son actually thinks he's a worthless dad because right. he's never stood up for anything. Not knowing his dad's just hiding all this rage inside of him. And then one day, some bad The son of someone he murdered just, 20 years ago. <laughs> or, or just someone <laughs> shows up at the wrong place at the wrong time and crosses him and yeah. all hell breaks loose. Yeah. And this one man takes on like 20 and just with his fists yeah. alone like when i watch that it's it's ridiculous right? but it's not shocking you no because i knew, knew i knew there. the premise right so okay go back to this i know it's a little silly sorry maybe genre genre okay the bible has a variety of of narrative genres in it that for us can be a little bit hard to to understand because it, honestly it's a different language different era different time mm -hmm. 
perfect example would be Psalms, right? The word Psalms means songs. Mm-hmm. We know that we we know that the Psalms were written as songs, which is poetry. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're very familiar with poetry in our world. We have songs galore, right? Songs, right. whatever. But e- because in English... But you wouldn't call it poetry like we would call it um, the radio station. Radio station, <laughs> right. Um, but even when we read Psalms today, we, we know, even the way it's laid out, it's like one line on top of another instead right. of... It's got the indent, the hard the in- indent. Yeah, all that, like, like song lyrics would. But we still don't even read it like songs because songs to us usually rhyme. Mm. And in English, they don't. Right. But they do have like rhythmic stuff. Yeah, in they the have Hebrew like language. choruses where you're yeah. where you're seeing the repeated sentence over and over again. Right. And so I think what you're you're drawing us to is that the book of Genesis, questions from the garden, right, is um, both telling a story, mm-hmm. but it's almost through that song format. It's well, through that so, poetic so Genesis, format. Okay, so let's start here. Genesis one, and on the first day, mm-hmm. God created this, and it was good. Mm-hmm. And then on the second day, He created this, and He said it was good. And on the third day. Guess what? It was good. It was good, yeah. Mm-hmm. And day yeah. <laughs> four, five, six, that's all good. Yeah. Um, Genesis one is absolutely this, and this isn't even some shocking new thing. And and, and we'll get into this in a second. Um, if anyone ever listens to this or is still listening, if they started it, uh, Genesis one is absolutely written in a poetic way. You would never, you would never get a science book, open it up, and it begins with something written the way Genesis one is written. Right. You just some really artsy way to describe like, the cosmic background radiation. No, it's like <laughs> let's take stars this exploding. It's like, like uh, I, what would you con- yeah, compare a star exploding to? Like, like a watermelon <laughs> under too much <laughs> right. pressure. Right, you, you would exploding. never read it that way. And so, because it is, like you said earlier, it's there's repetitive language, mm-hmm. right? Like a chorus, so that's cueing you into the fact that it's a different genre. Yes, but m- most people in modern day, like Western Christian culture, might even be uncomfortable even thinking in those terms because and this is something that's important for people to understand there are parts of the bible that we read more literally today than they were even read a thousand years ago Mm -hmm. because this is something that that has happened over the we have to kind of understand the history of our faith right Mm -hmm. so in the 1800s 1900s during what we would call the modern era we live in like post postmodern but the modern era was all about science and facts and the idea was that science science was like becoming a rival to faith and the two were seen as very opposing opposite you know ends uh, even though they're not and we'll get into that maybe a little later they're not but they were seen that way so what ends up happening is is many people in the scientific community is like darwinian evolution was rising in popularity more attacks are happening on scripture you know saying oh science has disproven this and so what you had happen was a reaction to that and now all of a sudden you have a christian community who's trying to defend itself against these attacks and in, in many ways, in doing so, actually began to elevate certain things to a literal level that maybe were never yeah. intended to be that way. And created a view of the Bible as distinct from scientific revelation as we observe the universe. Like it, That was a is, mouth salad. What does that mean? No, no, no. <laughs> like It's like the Bible is separate. It stands outside of anything that a scientist could tell you or a doctor, a modern scientist oh, could tell saying, you. Yeah. Uh, or a cosmologist could tell you about the origins of the universe. And I think what we see in scripture and what we know from God is like everything that we observe, he created. And Mm -hmm. so as we get to know more about the things that he created, we'll get to know more and more about him. And I think that that hyper literal uh, reading of the Bible, it pits the Bible 
and the story of scripture and the story of what God is doing against our like awesome revelation that we're, we're seeing what God has created. Right. And so, and I think it's unnecessary. Right. And, and, and here's what I'll say on that. So, like I'm, I'm super conservative biblically. Hmm. Like any, the college I went to was not, and I, I was not. I'll just be honest. You know me. I'm, I'm not unwilling to, to have conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, the professors at my college did not like me. I got in lots of. And of, conservative by biblically, you mean like you're a word for word guy. Like you would, um, you would not. So I, I think the Bible does a really good job of signaling when it's being. Uh, metaphoric. Mm-hmm. I think with a, especially with a little bit of, of knowledge and, and learning about your faith and the history of the Old Testament, the documents mm-hmm. and the literary genres of the Hebrew people, I think that the Bible does a really good job letting you know what is uh, a history, what is maybe like a, a narrative yeah. kind of poetry kind of thing. There are some that we go, was this? Like Job, for example, is a classic example. Mm-hmm. Um, many people would say Job is a real person that many people would say Job is more of a, like a figure of a figure. And it was written that way. And honestly, you you're, it's kind of this, fine. The same takeaway about the character of God shines through. Right. But then if, if he's you, real or if he's not real. Right. But you could go down a slippery slope. Well, what if you apply that to Jesus? What if Jesus is? Yeah. Just, and so how do you, so when you're saying you're, you're pointing out the repetition in um, Genesis one, you're pointing out the fact that the Bible cues us to that. What about like Jesus performing a miracle doesn't cue us to thinking that that's a metaphor right. about just overcoming well, obstacles? Well, again, part or... of it's knowing the, the genre, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, okay, if Job was understood by many people in like Jesus's day mm-hmm. and even further back as being a story, mm. right? It's not like, it, okay, it'd be, it'd be like one thing to open up a science book or let's say history book in this context. Like it'd be one thing to open up a history book and someone slid a fable in there trying right. to pass it off as history. Right. Um, that's that's what sometimes people feel like. If, if someone were ever to learn, like, what if Job isn't a literal person? What if it is a story? And by the way, I I don't know the answer to that. I'm fine with either of those. Um, well, for a lot of people, it'd be like, well, then I've been duped because mm. it's like I opened up a history book thinking it was real history and someone slid a fake story in there. I didn't know. Well, yeah, you may have not known that, but... Like people were it, aware. It was aware of, of yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't done that way. Mm. You know, the gospels are completely different. The gospels literally begin with like Luke's is the classic yeah. example. Hey, <laughs> I'm writing this to tell you guys exactly so that you what will happened. have assurance of what you believe. This is what happened. And in the very early days of our faith of Christianity, these were these were the accounts that were being told to people as people are turning. It wasn't. It wasn't like hey, here's a story, and this will inspire you in these mm. different ways, right? Mm-hmm. So what we have to understand is that. Even if parts of the Bible, the Bible, I think, when I say it signals, it doesn't. It's not trying to trick you, right? If there's Genesis one is written poetically, like because it's a poem, mm-hmm. that doesn't, by the way, mean if someone says I believe in six day creation, I'm fine with that, right? Like I, I might believe in that. Does that make sense? Like yeah. it's not like I don't know it's okay how many, if you do believe in it, but, you can but, say that. No, but my <laughs> point is that I don't think six day creation versus is like a a line where you can't be a Christian if yeah. you. And don't just think it to, to, to give that. the counter for the sake of us talking about how old the earth is, uh, there's a scripture, it's leaving my brain what it's the reference is, but it's to God, a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years is right. like a Many day. people reference that. And so people are, when uh, the figurative day one is really like an age, and I've always imagined it like a time lapse, like right. God on day one is working on all the mountains or is working on the light and He's working like, on the animals. Whew, that was a full day. Yeah, yeah, but it's like going really fast. And from his perspective, it's like a day, but 
to our human perspective, looking backwards in history, it seems impossibly long. Like to me, that seems like a plausible, That's plausible as sure. plausible as the six, six days. days. So it, either way, it's a miracle. <laughs> and I, and, and if we can go back for just a second, the idea of like what is conservative sure. biblical? What that would simply mean is that um, when I read the Bible, doing my best to know what what genre I'm stepping into, which and I would say the vast majority of the Bible is historical Mm -hmm. like it the stories of the old testament you know most of it is that genre but there is other things in there but put that aside my assumption and it's not blind because it's been proven time and time again where scripture has just rung true in my life and it's proven true when weighed against other things um even science it's amazing how many scientific discoveries have backed up scripture Mm -hmm. it's amazing how many scientific theories that opposed scripture and had a totally different narrative of scripture ended up being proven wrong right and in a way like we can talk about later the big bang theory is a great example how Mm -hmm. a lot of people today believe the big bang theory is a real problem if you're a christian it's actually funny to learn that there was a huge resistance to the big bang theory in the 1940s when it was coming up by people who were like if we go along with the big bang theory it's almost like we're saying the bible's true (laughs) and so you had a lot of scientific people who dug their heels in being like we can't accept the big bang theory right it's too much like the bible which again is is the more we look at creation the more we see god right so so i've seen so much of that happen personally in my life but also in history that when i read scripture if something seems odd to me like i don't quite understand that my first assumption is not well this must not be true Mm. uh my first assumption is like i must have more to learn you know what i mean so that's kind of what i would call a conservative i don't read the bible you said it this way before i'm not trying to put my perspective into the bible to make Mm. it say what i want it to say i try to let the bible you know, teach me because I do believe that yeah. scripture is inspired. Um, so, you know, back to this whole, this whole question, I, I think f- like a filter I have that this is helpful is number, I think the Bible is not a science book. Let's start there. Okay. Science as we understand it didn't exist back then. Right. No one grew up thinking in scientific terms. So the Bible is not a comprehensive catalog of the no. physical makeup of The number things. one question that science tries to, to answer is like the question of how. Mm. right like how does this work how does this happen mm-hmm. how does that that's what you try to you know like history is like who what and when yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean and the the, the primary question that, that scripture is always getting at is why mm. now in answering that question you're going to have a lot of the other stuff so mm. when i say that the bible is not a science book what i would say is when the bible speaks of scientific things mm-hmm. which it does um it's it's accurate. I mean, it's amazing how many things that the Bible talks about in scientific terms were like, like classic one would be Isaiah says that God sits above the circle of the earth. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, it was a, over a thousand years, almost, sorry, it was actually 2000 years after that, that science confirmed the earth is, is round. Mm-hmm. But oh yeah, it's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. or that God's, that the earth is suspended on nothing. Mm-hmm. That's in the Old Testament. Every modern culture at that time, you know, mm-hmm. so ancient cultures to us, mm-hmm. but in the time, they all had these theories of what the earth was resting upon. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's like something, right. The idea that the earth's just floating was preposterous when that was written. And then, Oh, well, yeah, actually turns out it is. So when the Bible, I believe from what I've observed and and researched that when the Bible speaks in scientific terms, it's accurate, but the Bible is not ever attempting to, to be quote unquote scientific. Yeah. I think what you mentioned about the what versus the how versus the why, that's a perfect way to think about it and really, really helpful because I think it, that has a lot to do with the questions you're bringing to scripture. Like if you're bringing, um, like even there's just different ways people use scripture that are just 
inappropriate. Like if you mm-hmm. bring it going saying like this needs to explain my blood type or something right. random about that, that won't explain it. Or this needs to give me the direct do's and don'ts of how to handle every single aspect of every single thing. It's right. not going to inform it in that way. But if you're asking those questions of why am I here? Why are we here? Right. What is my purpose? Yeah, I've, I've never read a science book and shut it and said, I really need to go forgive that person <laughs> that I have this issue with. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's right. not heart change and life change is not, it's not transformative. It's yeah. it, the scripture is always kind of bringing us into ourselves and showing us who God is and his relationship with us. Yeah. It, it's cool too, because it starts to make the, the what of it matter a little bit less. Cause I w- I've been thinking about the, the Adam and Eve is the next question I'm going to okay. ask you. Like are Adam and Eve literal actual people, ancestors that we can, you know, mm-hmm. do the math back and get it back there. And, or are they representations of humanity and our condition? Right. And when you bring it to the what question or the how question, you do get caught up in lots of different things and lots of different things that are really mm-hmm. interesting. But if you ask, like, why am I here and what's the purpose of a human life and what's the value of a human life and what, like, all of those questions are answered in that Adam and Eve story mm-hmm. in the truest, deepest, realist oh, yeah. realist a, way. Well, there's a reason why that story resonates, right? Because it's one of the oldest stories in human history. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what we have to understand. Like, this is story... And, and very few stories, like, are going to, you know, there's movies that are going to win Academy Awards that, like, people won't even remember. Right. Right? And there already are. And so there's a reason why that story resonates for so many thousands of years. Um, and, and in multiple faiths, mm-hmm. right? It's not just Christianity. Mm-hmm. Other faiths, that, that's their origin story as well. Um, so I, I will say this. Um, as far as Adam and Eve go, so I guess go back. How old is the earth? The Bible doesn't definitively say that. Mm-hmm. So... You know, you can infer or, or deduce based on whatever. And, and there are good faith reads that mm-hmm. are uh, opposing, you know, in the yeah. sense of like the so, older one. So someone one or might the say, oh, I think one. the earth is, is 6,000 years old. And I know that flies in the face of everything that scientists say today. But mm-hmm. how often have scientists been really certain of something, right. really certain of something, and uh, proven wrong? I said I would get to this. I'm going to do it real fast. Great. Big Bang Theory, great example. So Big Bang Theory came along in the 1940s. Uh, prior to the Big Bang Theory, it was a, a steady state theory, was the prevailing scientific view of the origin of the universe, which basically said there never was a beginning. Mm-hmm. Earth is always, ex- or the, the universe has always existed. It's a steady state. So they would look at the Bible, which said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And right in those first few words, they're like, already uh-huh. wrong. There was no beginning. Okay. Big Bang Theory comes along in the 1930s, 40s. Um, Einstein has a fa- famous quote where he actually converted to Big Bang Theory. Mm. And uh, the Big Bang Theory, you know, basically science was observing and had the ability to calculate through, you know, mathematical stuff <laughs> that I don't understand, um, that the Earth seems to be, or the universe rather, seems to be expanding mm. um, and at a from rapid a singular rate from a point. singular point, right? Like an explosion. And so if you just logically rewind the clock, there's an origin point to that explosion, which is called a beginning. Mm-hmm. And so the math on that was so striking and so sound that scientists left and right are like well dang it yeah new theory big bang theory in the beginning a big bang caused all this to happen well when Mm -hmm. that actually began to be developed and were in popularity there was there's and you can read these things i mean major scientific minds of the time that we don't remember who they are but people in those days like oh that guy's a Mm -hmm. harvard whatever they were like this can't be because to them it was like Going along with religion. We right. said for all these years there never was a beginning, and now we go back. You know, Christians are like, 
we've been saying this for a long time. You know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Your new statement, which is in the beginning, a big bang caused, it's like, sounds that's not, a lot like Sounds that. familiar, yeah. you know. So the point is, someone might say, I know science will laugh, the scientific community mm-hmm. rather, not science itself, but the scientific community will, would laugh at my belief that the earth is mm-hmm. only 6,000 years old. Should I be ashamed of that? And I would say like, the Bible doesn't say, doesn't tell us yes or no there. And you would be, yeah, science, it's all, it's all the time that it's like, hey, for never mind, we learned something new and we, we were way off. Yeah, which is that cool. Could be. It's that like could one be. of the only spheres of the like current culture that consistently says, hey, I, hey, we were wrong. So that's cool. Well, and not to be, <laughs> I'm not saying this in a political no, way. No, don't let's not go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> but like, no, we're not. But I'm just saying it's like, the last two and a half years <laughs> of COVID, because we're we're recording yeah. this at the tail end of the. We have been blessed by people who are willing to say, "Hey, we we got this wrong," at different junctures. Yes, yes. I haven't heard as many people. It's more <laughs> right. that people have said, "Hey, you're wrong," right? And they're like, "No, yeah. forget that." But the point is, there's been a lot of like, like in the early days of COVID. I remember being. Mm-hmm. This is a big one for me. The early days, we we were told to clean off our surfaces mm-hmm. because the COVID virus could live forever for days <laughs> weeks on a surface so like tons of people are at home scrubbing yeah. their stuff down right hand sanitizer and you couldn't find cleaning stuff yeah and then literally like a month and a half two months into it something like that it's like hey there's a new report that uh covid only lives on surfaces for like seven seconds right and i'm like how could you be those <laughs> are two wrong. very different numbers yeah. weeks and seconds but then when you go the universe has always existed to hey there's a beginning yeah like, that's a big difference like a perspectives change and opinions yes. update yes and so if you are someone that holds that and you're feeling that insecurity about the young earth thing right it's okay because like hey you're you're trying to honor god with what you believe and, and you're reading scripture and that's what you see there that's totally fine and i would tell that person like you you're not wrong to to believe that correct yeah and if someone said i, I believe the earth is millions of years old and like you were talking earlier that genesis 1 is is more figurative mm-hmm. and it's no matter what it is definitely genesis 1 is clearly written in a poetic way right. so usually when something's written in a poetic way it's because it's poetry mm-hmm. and if, if you wanted to look at genesis one like a, a poem and you would say what's the title of this poem mm. looking at it what mm-hmm. would we call it we would probably call it something like it is good right which is interesting because at that time in, in history every culture's view of the origin of the world was not good and yeah. the god who created it no matter if it was greek mythology or whatever it was like an angry god and people were either overcoming a, a battle or yeah, it was like there's crazy. One, I can't remember which culture it is, but like humans came out of the armpit of this like <laughs> giant monster. That's actually like an I mean, origin. That's a fair take on human we're the human condition. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but but God, the story of our of creation and scripture is so unique because it's a loving God mm-hmm. who creates people to exist in a loving relationship yeah. and with who's, him. Who's totally in control. He's totally in control, and he's not hostile to the world. He right. actually calls it good. That's mm. so you would call it. Oh, it is. It is good, and that. Mm-hmm. It's clear that the it's clear if you just look at it that mm-hmm. the writer of Genesis 1 is like what what do I want to hammer yeah what's the message what's the point God created it and it's good yeah why is this right. part part of right. the scripture uh, but on to Adam and Eve and we'll probably we need to wrap this up um although I I could do this all day I love this but I think we know. should probably answer as or at least talk about as fully as we can and we'll just call this whole episode questions from the yeah. garden. Ask a few questions. Talk about it. It's okay if you have these questions too. I do think there is a turn. So where where Genesis 1 is clearly written poetically, you turn the page to Genesis 2 and instantly it's like a genre change. Mm. Sometimes like movies will do that where there's been, there have been certain movies where it'll go from like, uh, 
have you ever, have you ever experienced this where like in a really creative setting, mm-hmm. it'll like switch and all of a sudden it's, oh, oh great. Oh, this is a stupid example. I so got stupid. I got the artsy fartsy one loaded for when you're done. Go. All ahead right, you give me the artsy fartsy one. I'll give you the not artsy fartsy. Okay, one. there's a movie called Magnolia. It's not an appropriate movie. It's pretty dark. Okay. But at at one point in the movie, all of the characters out of nowhere start singing with the soundtrack, and it's a very serious and dark movie. Right. And you're like, and then what? All of a sudden, they start singing a song that like is fully expressing the theme of the movie. Okay. But on screen, the characters are actually singing the song, and it's okay. just this really so, weird, jarring like, okay, different movie, I guess. Uh, okay. So my non artsy fartsy. Yeah. Go would on. be Space Jam. Because <laughs> you know, first you're like real world. Michael Jordan, you know, actual human actors, and then all of a sudden, it's a cartoon, and there's a cartoon Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Yeah, like all great. this kind of. So that's that's my yeah yeah. It's like genres it, can switch. It's like boom. And people do it for a creative purpose, right? So you you definitely when you read Genesis one, you turn the page, and it's like oh this is this is different. This mm-hmm. is now so there. So if we go and go back to that filter, because I don't just want to go well. I'm just going to pick and choose the ones to be literal that I mm. I like and want to be literal and the ones that I don't I'm confused about I'm going to view those as figurative because that's not I'm confused yeah right that's not the right way to do it so you have to be if we're going to use the the genre thing there is a switch mm-hmm. okay we do have to understand that the story of Adam and Eve would have been passed down orally for thousands of years before ever being written down even if you're someone who has that view of mm-hmm. a really young earth compared to it's still thousands of years um you know, and so usually when you have oral stories, they're short, right? You can't have five-hour-long oral stories. No one remembers those many details. Mm-hmm. So oral stories are all, almost always pretty short. And Genesis 2 mm-hmm. and 3 are, are like very much broad stroke, yeah. right? Then this, then this. Um, so personally, I would read Genesis 2 and 3. Like I would call it, if it's a scale of completely literal, like video completely. camera footage. <laughs> What's that? Video camera video footage. Video camera footage. To, I had this dream last night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's much closer to video camera footage yeah. from, for me personally. Okay. So I'm going to read well, that. I, I would, to give you the credit on that, it's completely presented that way. Right. And starts a genealogy right after that of right. like, and these are the descendants of, of Adam. Right. And we've, get, we've got Cain and Abel forget one of those then we get seth and then there's these descendants that it's like connected to right real history and, that we and, have concrete yeah proof for and people have said well okay great example and you've definitely heard this one before so you know cain and abel mm-hmm. that all happens cain kills abel spoiler alert sorry yeah um it's an old story though you had your you had your chance <laughs> and uh and then cain gets banished and it says right. he leaves the the area and he goes and he marries Mm-hmm. someone from somewhere else right mm-hmm. he goes be like well where'd those people come and he from? he founds a city he founds a city yeah where those people come from right and it's like well this is where you got to be careful with the bible uh just like i said that the bible like the bible never says the earth is this this mm-hmm. old so my son actually was taking a class at his school mm-hmm. and his he's he came back and, and it's he goes to a christian school mm-hmm. now it's new for him he's public school up until this year and he said yeah my teacher said that the bible says the earth is this old and i was like hold on the Bible doesn't say that. There's no mm-hmm. definitive statement in the Bible about that. They're deducing, like we talked about earlier, yeah. right? So the same is also true on the other side. The Bible never says that God didn't create anyone but Adam and Eve. Mm. It, it, it doesn't say that. So it, it, Genesis 1 almost is like this poetic telling of the entire creation of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Then Genesis 2 is like this zoom into the Garden of Eden. It's like super zoomed right. in. Because even in Genesis 2... 
the way it's told, like you read Genesis one, he creates man and woman, right? Mm-hmm. Genesis two, he creates uh, man, and he like tells him, "Don't eat from the tree of the right, knowledge of right. evil." And then after that, he creates yeah. Eve. It's like so, a hyper zoom that happens, and it, it's within the Garden of Eden. And so I guess so. So there's lots of details left out there's, exactly. that are unanswerable because it's asking the question, why? Why would God create humans, and what right. is their purpose, so, et cetera? So there's a difference between something being true and something being complete. Mm. So if there's a, a documentary about like the mm. Beatles, mm-hmm. for example, and Paul is telling Paul being one of the Beatles, mm-hmm. if you don't know who the Beatles, not Paul, a lot the of young apostle. people. <laughs> no, a lot of young people today like wear Beatles shirts, and I'm like, mm-hmm. do you listen to you know whatever? Yeah, I like see a lot of that. June bugs and Scarab. And, oh, different Beatles. Different Beatles. Okay. The Beatles. The do you not know the Beatles? The rock and roll band from the uh, the England place. Yes. Yeah, I know the Beatles. I know. I'm teasing <laughs> you. I'm being facetious. You can't see me. All right. So if, if there was a, Beatles are class. There's lots of Beatles documentaries, mm-hmm. right? Big band. And if Paul, who was one of the main Beatles guys, mm-hmm. like there were, I mean, John and Paul are probably the main ones. Let's be honest. Right. Well, let's say they didn't have any of of Ringo for the interviews. Right. It's like is Paul's version true? Yes. Is it complete? Well, no, right. because Ringo's not included, and the the person just decided Ringo's perspective wasn't really necessary for this. Yeah, and it's not our job to tell Ringo's story in the absence of it. No, of those you don't details. have to because you're like, I wanted to tell Paul's version right. of it. That's what I was trying to do. So, complete and true are different things. I think that the story of of Adam and Eve could be completely true, even though it's not complete in the sense that I mean to go completely true yeah no, that's wordplay. Great. there you go let's use that mm-hmm. because it never says that God didn't create other people mm-hmm. it never says that God didn't create anything outside of the garden you very much get the idea that something special is happening in the garden and then there is there is something outside the garden that's different because when Adam and Eve and all the stuff goes mm-hmm. down they eat the forbidden fruit they are removed from the garden which is presented to you as if it's not ideal for yeah. them and if everything was the garden at that point right when and like there's guards that stand at the door of the garden yeah so like okay now where do we live and there's clearly like stuff out here right you know what i mean um because it's not like we're in a desolate desert where there's no food or animals mm-hmm. like clearly they're living out there mm-hmm. so point is like there's details the bible doesn't give there that doesn't make the bible not true people you have to be very careful to let human logic not go to the like human logic is flawed hmm. It, it gets you cer- a certain distance, but there are lots of things that are completely true that defy logic. Hmm. I mean, that, even in science, there's things that's like, we don't, this doesn't yeah. quite make sense. And that's, I think, but to, it's true. to start to close this out is the things we believe about scripture, I don't need to always have a scientific justification for them, but I do need to be aware of when I'm reading what and mm-hmm. when I'm looking at the purpose of what God is trying to do yeah. in those things. So as a Christian, I totally believe in miracles. I totally believe that creation is a miracle. I right. believe that Jesus as a man was able to perform miracles right. by the power that was living in him. Ultimate miracle, him miraculously rising from the dead right. in like a very... Uh, literal and concrete way, but I don't need to have um, the full detailed explanation of the earliest moments of history. Or, or Jesus is a great example. What happened in, you know how much speculation there's been on what happened in Jesus's life between the ages of like 12 and yeah. 30? Because the Bible just gives us a big blank. Right. It's and like, it would be irresponsible to write Jesus fan fiction and present it as the truth. Right. You could write Jesus fan fiction and present it as a creative way yeah, to explore like, the character of Jesus. Right. And those, um, but, Right, but we don't have we those don't details, know. and it doesn't make it not true because there's a, a 
there's a part that's that's not complete. It's sort of like well, it just it wasn't important for the yeah, story. Or the if the why with Jesus is oh the Messiah of the Jews has shown up, and then we get that up until he's twelve. Right. He's here, and then. Uh, we start his ministry, which was maybe the bulk 12 of his to 30 teaching. was like the boring stuff where he, oh, he was just a kid yeah. in a tiny town who was like working every day, like right. every kid did in a tiny town. Because, <laughs> you know, you turn 13 in Jewish culture, you're a man now, and he would have worked at his father's shop. Yeah. It's like, just skip that. Right. So, so point is, go back to like, is the, is Genesis literal? I, I could think a lot of it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, now, it's broad stroke, so it doesn't. I mean, Genesis is so hard because when you read, like, like when you read the book of Acts, you turn the page, and sometimes in turning that page, you're you're fast forwarding a couple months, mm-hmm. right? You read the book of Genesis, and so you turn the page, and you're like, well, hundreds of years later, <laughs> yes, like, or, or not always. Like, right. there's certain Abraham's story, yeah. Moses' story. There's there's parts where it'll zoom in. It'll zoom in a lot. You get to Exodus, for example. I know it's not Genesis, sure. but like. You but know, then you ask the question, why are we zooming in? I think that's such an important question. Right. I love that you brought that up because it's like such an important question to ask as weird shifts in the story are happening. Why is it happening? And right. then, something really important is happening. Yeah. Now. Hold that why in your mind as you're reading and it'll probably more clearly give you yes. the answers that you're looking for. Yeah. So my perspective, which I mean, some people would laugh at this. Some people would like probably be offended at this is that to just put it out there really clearly, which I maybe should have done in the first sentence. Maybe we should actually... Hey, Josh, who's going to edit this? Joshua. Hey, Josh. Use this little soundbite at the beginning <laughs> as like a teaser for. Okay, the end. here's the soundbite Here coming is. up. I think it's totally appropriate to say that the first chapters of the Bible are both literal and figurative, mm-hmm. because I think the Bible does a really good job signaling when it's doing either of those. Mm-hmm. Um, Genesis one is clearly written in. I actually don't want this to be the soundbite now because it's not enough of a bite. So Josh, forget what we said. Um, but but point is, like, if you said no, say tell me your clear your held conviction about yeah. So scripture and Genesis, Genesis one, I'm fine either way. Okay, Genesis one, six days creation, like you said, the whole like time lapse, just boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. Fine with that. Um, a day is like a thousand years, or mm-hmm. I don't care, a million years. Like right. fine with that too. Yep. Because Genesis 1 is clearly written in such a poetic way that... That you couldn't come to a firm conclusion either way. No, it, it doesn't mean it's not six days. Right. Just because I could write a song about a six-day period of my life and you know, on the first day, and I'm actually being literal about that mm-hmm. part, but I'm being poetic yeah. in my... It was yeah. So I guess fine. But it's like, I'm, I don't know. And uh, fine either way. Don't mm-hmm. think it's a line. For me, when you get to Genesis 2, there is a shift in the, in the, the genre. Um, and so I would say, I would call that like a loose history hmm. might be a good term where it's like the way we tell history about our families. Right. Like if I start telling a bunch of stories about my great grandparents and you start asking me certain details, I'd almost get annoyed. Like, what? I don't know. Right. Like, I don't like know what oh, day... so they weren't really real people, were they? And you're like, no, <laughs> no they no, were. Stop. I, I just, just don't, don't know. know what day of the week they met. <laughs> right. Cause that was never important enough to like, I know that. Yeah. In southern Missouri, like where in southern, I don't know the name of the tiny little right. outpost in southern Missouri that my grandmother was so born. So it's it's detail it's uh it's detailed history with a clear vision yes. or like a clear yes. purpose. It's not trying to tell you every detail of what happened and it's totally comfortable skipping out on major things mm-hmm. that might 
leave questions, but it's like, yeah, that just isn't important for the story I'm trying to right. tell. But but the story that it is telling, I think there's there it's absolutely it's, true. I think it's true. Yeah. And you know, but on the flip side of that, if someone's like, I read Genesis two and Adam and Eve more. There are things you mentioned earlier that do signal some metaphor, like mm-hmm. their names and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But it could also just be that because they're the first two people, <laughs> their names name. happen to become the words that we yeah. associate with human life. Right. So does that make is that that makes definitive sense. enough? And I I don't think it is definitive. Well, here's definitive so enough. I'm fifty fifty on Genesis one being literal or figurative. <laughs> okay. It's clearly figurative in some ways. It might be literal in others. Mm-hmm. I'm like eighty twenty on yeah, Genesis yeah. two and three being right. like. Maybe even more like ninety ten. Yeah, knowing that the ten being yeah yeah parts of it. But you're a hundred. You're a hundred percent on board with like God's word is true 100%. and valuable and 100%. inspired by literal God, like yes. the actual God yes. who revealed Himself to us throughout centuries. Right. Going from a broad view of him, well, really, it's a very narrow view of God at the beginning because he's walking with the people. Right. Then, because of the distance we create, it's a little bit more like zoomed out, mm-hmm. and then God is constantly zooming it back in until we get to Jesus, who yeah. is the the clear p- person of God, yeah. you know, revealed to us. So, yeah, script. I'm like, scripture is true. Um, now, to understand its truth and apply its truth, we have to read it responsibly. Is the word I like to use. Mm-hmm. Responsible means that we do our best to understand things like what genre of literature yeah. is this and ooh Josh this is the soundbite <laughs> so now we're gonna do it now, now I no, love it's, I hope none of this gets cut out because no it shouldn't this part shouldn't get cut out I don't want this to get cut out yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. telling Josh no 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 the part where we're talking to Josh no Josh no I want this edit the, it I don't want Josh to edit this out okay Josh great. do not edit this out but just what I'm about to say this is <laughs> this what, is gonna be so cool no it's not that know. I think it's cool <laughs> no, Here, it's not that it's that I think that <laughs> just say it, it took us so long to get to here <laughs> okay that I'd like for someone people don't yeah. listen to all of the podcasts right. so I'd like for someone to know on the front end what there's something in there this is where we're gonna go so here's what it is. Are you ready, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. The Bible is true. The Bible is true. The, the scriptures that we have are true. But to understand what that means, as far as it's true, that that involves reading the Bible in a responsible way. Mm-hmm. And that means doing our best to understand things like what genre of literature is this? Mm-hmm. Certain genres of literature are meant to be read Literally, certain genres of literature are meant to be written figuratively. Things mm-hmm. like poetry. The Bible has poetry in it. The Bible also has history in it. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bible does a really good job of signaling when it's being literal and when it's being figurative. But I also think we live in a world that because of the distance to when the Bible was written, different culture, different language, all those kinds of things, and a lot of the, the ways that we've been raised to read the Bible, we've lost our ability sometimes to actually go back and and read Capture it. in that. the Yeah, read it in the way that it was meant to be read originally yeah and i think ultimately um with all of this it's okay to ask the questions if you're unclear on it exactly and 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 just let those questions be something that draw you closer to god and in sometimes that's a process where you're like oh i don't believe what i used to believe i believe something new and just be open to those questions and know that specifically we're a place where you can ask those questions. You can ask those questions and there's a lot of cool resources out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that we reference pretty often is a group called the Bible Project. Not mm-hmm. that everything they do is, you know, I haven't listened to all... It's not the inerrant word of the Bible no, Project. No, it's not. And I've actually disagreed with, <laughs> yeah. with them on a few things. Sure. Um, 
I don't think there's a person I don't disagree with at least a few things about. No, I agree. Yeah. But sometimes you know how it can be in Christian culture where like you pick a person, you're like, well, I'm just going to let their opinions be mine now. Yeah. Because they, <laughs> I like them and or they seem smart. Yeah. So, but my point is, I think that they do a really balanced job of presenting things. I, I think that they, or the word responsible I used a minute mm-hmm. ago, as far as re- I, I feel like when I listen to the way they discuss it, I feel like it's always done in a responsible way. Yeah. So even if they come to a conclusion that I may not come to, the way that they went through that to that conclusion is what I would call the definition of biblical responsibility. Right. I know people who interpret the Bible irresponsibly, meaning like I read a thing, it sparked a cool thought in my brain, mm-hmm. and I like that cool thought so much that I'm now going to like reinterpret the Bible, reinterpret the entire Bible through that cool thought, or the, to to fill in all of those those gaps. And right. I don't think we're just we're just not meant to fill in those. We're gaps. not. Mysteries are okay. Things are. It's okay to leave a little mystery, you know. Yep. So this probably sparked more questions, but send them in. That's okay. Directly to Madison's phone number. Madison, that phone number is Madison at (laughs) hishandschurch.com. Madison at hishandschurch.com. And uh, (laughs) we probably won't answer those. (laughs) I just realized you could, like, what if you got a flood of these? Uh, At least know where people are at. Just send them a link to a Bible Project video. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's cool. All right. Yeah. Hopefully this helps. And uh, yeah. Thanks for listening.